housing for the aged action group, Haig for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Okay, you're listening to Raise the Roof on 855 on the AM dial 3CR and you've got Shane and Fiona with you today. How you going, Shane? Doing great. Very excited to record our first uh, Zoom episode out of the studio. Sad that we're not right there in 3CR. Out of the studio and onto the streets. Well, not onto the streets. That is half a bit and under the staying at home directions right now. Yep. So this is our third week of Housing for the Aged Action Group being working from home. Um, so it's a bit of an adjustment, but we're still here um, and we're still bringing you all the news about older people and housing. So on that note, Shane, I wanted to ask you about some of the things that have been happening around tenancy. We've heard a lot of stuff in the news about evictions um, being a moratorium on evictions in Victoria. Would you be able to tell us about that? Is it true? What does it mean for older tenants? Well, Scott Morrison announced, I think about three weeks ago now, that there would be a six-month eviction on moratoriums um, to do with financial hardship. Um, we still haven't seen actual legislation or detail from the Victorian government about what that means in our state. Um, so really what that means is that at the moment, evictions are, are basically going ahead as usual. Um, we had the, the extraordinary situation where uh, VCAT, which is the tribunal that deals with tenancy matters, including evictions, uh, indefinitely adjourned all of its hearings. Um, so VCAT deals with a wide range of things, not just tenancies, but also planning, uh, guardianship, fencing disputes, you know, all, all kinds of things, civil claims. They adjourned all of, their, all of their matters except for residential tenancies and guardianships. So while so many people were, were begging for relief and saying that we urgently need a, a stop to evictions, VCAT essentially decided to prioritise evictions and to make sure that evictions could go ahead. Um, so the moratorium isn't really in effect yet. Um, we have some concerns about what the details of that will end up being. We really want to make sure that it's as broad as possible and protects as many people as possible. Obviously, we understand um, why the government has such a concern with, with people experiencing financial hardship because of coronavirus. You know, I'm sure we all know people um, in our communities and our families who have lost their jobs or lost hours because of the coronavirus and the economic downturn. Um, but it's not only people who are suddenly facing financial hardship who are at, at great risk of eviction especially for older tenants who are particularly vulnerable to the coronavirus, the prospect of eviction at this point is, is just so much massively more dangerous than it already was. Um, obviously, if a person becomes homeless, they can't socially distance, they can't socially isolate, they can't do any of the things that are supposed to stem the spread of the virus. Um, it, even if people don't actually become homeless, just the process of having to go out and look for other housing is a risk in itself. So, you know, it's not only evictions for rent arrears because people have lost their jobs that we need to think about. It's all the other kinds of evictions that happen, whether that's 
uh, evictions because the landlord wants to renovate or sell the home, whether it's an eviction for no reason, which is still legal in Victoria for about uh, three more months at this point, um, whether it's evictions from retirement villages, which is a whole other kind of issue. Um, we really need very broad protections to make sure that people aren't put out on the streets at a point where, you know, people really can't be out on the streets. Yeah, and also I think I heard that um, opens for inspections are also not happening at the moment. So it means that if you are looking for a rental accommodation, you're going to have to be doing things online. And we know that um, sometimes older people find it difficult to get access to um, the internet, especially with all of the libraries now closed as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's really it's really difficult for people who don't have a home to be able to find even even a rental at this time. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just a wild time. Who who knows how you would go about finding a new house now? I guess the other concern um, for older people is people that are couch surfing or living in really overcrowded housing. Um, and we know that there's a lot of Victorians who are living in marginal housing, which is what's, you know, classified as overcrowded or um, potentially a substandard housing. Um, mm -hmm. Has there been any announcements that, from the government that you know of around supporting that, that cohort, the hidden homeless, that may not be sort of sleeping on the street but still in really risky housing? Um, I mean, there's been all kinds of announcements about uh, extra funding for homeless services and things like that. So hopefully um, some of those gaps will get picked up through those areas. But I don't think there's anything specific that I could mention. Uh, is there something that you're thinking of? Well, I've heard that there was, there was going to be some money for rough sleepers um, to be in, um, allowed into hotel and tourist accommodation that are all sitting empty at the moment. Um, but we certainly haven't seen any detail about that. And, and we would hope, I guess, from a HAG perspective, that it's not just um, the more visible rough sleepers um, that are allowed into that hotel, those hotels, but also um, anybody at all, particularly older people who are in um, substandard housing. Um, yeah, so or, who are, or who are experiencing elder abuse, which is another big concern at the moment across all kinds of family violence that, uh, people will be will be essentially trapped in in even more volatile and stressful situations where the risk of violence is really quite high. Yeah, and often with their adult children who may have lost their jobs. Um, so I'm anticipating that adult children who are in their own housing problems may be going back to their parents' houses. Um, and we know that most elder abuse is perpetrated by adult children. It's not necessarily intimate partner violence. So. Um, it's certainly a big can of worms out there. Um, and in terms of housing and health, we've been saying for ages that, you know, health, your health outcomes really depend on your housing and it's really the most obvious right now um, when, when there is this crisis going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, changing tack a little, my work in particular is around retirement housing and we've been seeing lots of sort of new issues emerging in that area, whether it's retirement villages, caravan, residential parks, rental villages, all those kinds of accommodation. Um, people are very concerned in particular, what we're seeing is issues about guests, visitors, tourists. Um, people are worried on the one hand that their management is still letting too many people into the village. Um, on the other hand, people are worried that the people, you know, the guests and visitors that they want aren't being allowed in. So we're seeing kind of two Converse sets or two kind of opposite sets of problems. Um, 
the advice that we've been, or the sort of general advice that we'd give to anyone with those sorts of concerns is to write to management in the first place and let them know what your concerns are. Make it clear to them what, what it is that you think may be a risk or why it is that you need a particular person or company to be able to come and visit you. And if you can't get uh, satisfaction from the management just by, by writing to them and making sure there's that record of what your concerns are, um, then certainly we'd encourage you to get in touch with us and we'll look at what we can do. And that might be giving you advice or advocacy or casework to, to actually resolve the issue, but it might also be lobbying the government because we certainly expect um, that over the, over the coming months, we'll be doing a lot of work um, to make sure that those sorts of new protections, the, the unprecedented protections that are necessary now for older people's housing are gonna be put in place. Yeah, and, and for people that want to call our retirement housing service, even though we're not able to see you face to face at the moment, um, we can still give advice over the phone um, and via the internet. Um, so if people are uh, wanting that sort of assistance with their retirement management or whether they're concerned about their own private rental situation, um, they can give us a call um, and the phone number yeah. is 1300 765 178. Um, and the retirement housing service number is nine six five four seven three eight nine. Yeah, I was just trying to show off because she's finally learned what our phone numbers are after failing so many times. <laughs> I haven't. I still haven't learned them. I had to read that. <laughs> well, at least you're writing them down now. Um, we'll give out the numbers again at the end of the show. So if you missed that, just get your pen and paper ready. Um, I guess the other thing to mention just quickly is. Uh, we also, you know, we do need feedback from our members, listeners and clients about um, what, what are the big issues that we need to be talking to the government about. So we're aiming to set up a working group uh, specifically around uh, older people's housing issues in the context of the pandemic. Uh, we'll be scheduling a meeting soon. It will be an online meeting and I realise that unfortunately that's not going to be uh, accessible for everyone, but it's kind of what we're, we're left with at this point. Um, so if that's something you want to be involved in or you'd like to share your views with us but you can't get to an online meeting, um, give us a call on that retirement number as well and we'd, be, we'd love to talk to you about how we can you know, take that feedback and get you involved. And we can also talk you through how to use some of the online meetings that we've been doing. Um, we had our first committee of management meeting via Zoom the other day and most of our members, they're all over 65, some of them are in their 80s and with a little bit of help, they all managed to do it, which was really great. Um, so on that note, we actually have an interview um, that I recorded on Sunday with some of our committee of management members all of them live in independent living units, which is a type of retirement housing. Um, they're bed sits or one bedroom units in little clusters um, throughout Melbourne. And yeah, I just wanted to have a chat with them about how they were coping with the isolation um, and what sort of things they were doing. So yeah, we can, we can hear that interview now and we'll get back to you after that. So we've got here with us Phil and Maeve and Pam. Um, Pam is one of our regular hosts on Raise the Roof um, and we thought we'd get everyone together today to talk about what it's been like for um, older people during the pandemic. So do you guys want to say hello? Good hello. Hello everybody. Good afternoon. Cool. So we're recording this on Sunday so things may have changed by the time this goes to air on Wednesday but at the moment we're in stage three lockdowns. Um, yeah. So you guys all live in independent living units. Um, 
across Melbourne. What's it yeah. been like for you, Phil, in your, in your ILU? Well, it's been very interesting for a whole week and a half, actually, because while we are all um, over 50s that live here, over 50 years of age, um, we've had the NBN going through and the, the hunky young men that have been working on that, have been, <laughs> <laughs> they've been here for a week and a half and they've finished now. But they did a lot of hammering and all that sort of thing. Um, yes, and it's, it's, it's been good. I haven't had to go out except once and um, most other people are keeping indoors as well. Yeah. And what about you, Pam and Maeve? What's it been like for you guys? You want me to go first? Um, yeah. Um, it's been, look, I've enjoyed it so much. I'm, this is my fourth week in lockdown because I put myself into self-isolation when I came back from my cruise. And, um, and I've, uh, I've found, uh, and I said this morning on Facebook to one of my friends who sends me beautiful photographs of flowers, as long as I can see the flowers, hear some music, and smell the coffee i'm happy you know and i've managed to do a lot of things that i should have been doing other times yeah so yeah so um i found it really good i had to, i had someone knock on my door this morning and said i'm out of salt and i go okay well i've got salt and it, it reminds me of the days when my mum uh we lived in Aberfeldy and there was um lots of people there that all the fathers were away at, at, in the military and my mum would get a cabbage or a uh, pumpkin and she would cut it in half and say take this across the road to Mrs Lacey and Mrs Lacey would give her half a dozen potatoes or something to send back again you know so it's you know I'm finding I'm finding the unity is really really good and this you know even the solitaire is not worrying me at the moment because I'm enjoying my music so much. That's great what about you Maeve how are you finding it? Oh, well, I've got no problems either I'm enjoying it enormously stacks of reading writing uh, out to the supermarket once a week and I, I have to go to the dentist and apart from that I'm really enjoying it too and uh, and mainly the reading. <laughs> and when you're going are you is any of you using the home delivery services at all or are you going to the shops? Yeah. No I am I'm, I'm using Woolworths home delivery um, for essential household stuff and um, that's been really easy to log into and get onto with, with my seniors card. All you've got to put is your number in and that you get on the priority delivery thing and you can get everything you want. A um, couple of things I couldn't get, like, you know, rubber gloves and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I can manage with whatever. And I've also got uh, Katrina's Kitchen who do uh, meals. They're delivering on Tuesday, so I'll have some other meals and that on Tuesday. But yeah, yeah, so I'm doing fine. I had my flu injection yesterday, so oh, yeah. and um, when it was my turn, um, they rang me and said, "Okay, come in now." Went in, there's nobody in the surgery. Had my flu injection, and walked out again. So it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I like getting out, and um, I've enjoyed my trip to the supermarket and the pharmacy. But there hasn't been that many people when I've gone and I've kept my distance from everybody and, um, and it's been effortless. What about, are you wearing masks when you go outside? No. I, li I listened to the, um, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer on the radio, on the TV last night and he doesn't approve of us people wearing the masks 
because he said a lot of people don't wear them properly mm. and start scratching and putting their hands to their faces because they're not they're uncomfortable and also a lot of people find them a bit um, claustrophobic and he says it is not necessary for us to wear masks yeah what about you, Phil? Are you getting, getting out and about a little bit or are you getting home deliveries? No, no home deliveries so far for me. But um, I did go down on the bus uh, to Glen Huntley Road, Coles, and I bought a big supply of stuff. And um, Coles are so regimented in how they're organising people to come into their shop, to move around in their shop and then to go out um, so there's just one way in and one way out now instead of what it was previously. Um, I think I noticed an increase in prices in what I buy. I could be wrong, but I think I noticed that. And, um, yes, I, I agree with that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I didn't imagine it. Um, I didn't, I didn't see lots of empty shelves in at the Coles place, but um, there were some. But mind you, I wasn't shopping for every single thing like the people, people with a family would do. But uh, I certainly did buy a lot of stuff just the same. I came home and I spent all day yesterday cooking it all. Popping it in the freezer? Yes, all yeah. in the freezer. So if the freezer goes off, I've got a problem. But if it doesn't go off, I'm right for the month. That's great. And do you... And how do you think, just, sorry. And sorry I, I was just thinking, I, I was just um, saying I could share it with... Uh, I could share some of it with a couple of other people. I was just going to ask about that. So how do you reckon the neighbours are going? Because you all live in kind of clusters of houses with or units with other older people as well. Um, how, how do you think they're faring? Can I mention one particular thing that I note? Yeah. Um, and that is people's um, feeling a bit sad or something. They're feeling something about the fact they can't attend their uh, uh, devotional place, you know, like a church or a mosque or whatever. It's, that's not allowed. And, and that's been so much um, a habit a lifetime habit of so many people and now they and and as you can imagine I'm I'm telling it as someone who doesn't have um, that that feeling but um, I'm sympathetic with a lot of people because they're not able to go to where they normally go every Sunday for devotions and um, I think that's showing on some people. Yeah right. Fiona how are you coping with with isolation? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, me. Oh, um, it's been different working from home. Um, so it's okay to do it a little bit, but doing it day in, day out is quite full on, I reckon. Um, but all of us at HAG have been having weekly or twice a week catch-ups via Zoom. So that's been really lovely. Um, and a lot of the time it's just what did you do on the weekend and see how you are kind of thing. Um, it's been, yeah, it's been interesting. I'm okay, I think, so far. This is only, what, we're into the end of the second week for us. Um, mm -hmm. So we haven't done it as long as you, Pam. Yeah. Um, see how we go in a few more weeks, eh? Well, you can always, um, on Facebook, there, a friend of mine who's a muso 
um, put on a, um, she's got a chessboard and she's got white wine in glasses on one side and red wine and glasses on the other side. So <laughs> like a person, you, you drink the wine. So well, you could always do that if you got, if you got bored. <laughs> Resort to alcoholic chess. <laughs> you can do it yourself. You could have the red wine and the white wine. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention too that um, because of my back problem, I see a physiologist and um, he's given me my program to work on and I, <clears throat> which I do twice a day and then once a week um, we catch up and um, he puts me through my paces and we do that on FaceTime and um, so that's another thing that I have to do so that's good. That's great. I so did you're, you're actually having a, a session with your physiologist via FaceTime? Yeah, yeah. What, cool. Just to make sure that and if he wants to give me any extra uh, points or anything like that, yeah. Wow. And uh, do you guys mind me asking how or saying how old you all are? Do you care? Maeve here, I'll be 82 in August. And, and I'll be 82 in August. Maeve and I are twins. Really? Oh, oh really? Okay, both the same day or not? What, what date are you, uh, uh, Phil? A week after you, I'm I'm the, I'm the 23rd of August. Oh, oh, and I'm I'm the baby. My I'm 77 on the 24th of May. Oh wow! So you guys were born in the what 30s? Is that right? 38 for me. 40s. 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, 1938 was just the beginning of World War Two. Yeah, that's right. 1939, the war started. So you guys, yeah. even though you were babies, have lived through the Second World War. Yeah, and, and surely your parents as well would be have remembered, um, I guess the previous, um, well not maybe not the pandemic from the what when was the last one nineteen eighteen? Well, yeah, there was a Spanish flu that came after World War One. Mm, yeah, um, but there was things like polio and measles that hit after World War Two. Mm, polio was really really a big one, wasn't it? Polio, I can remember pushing one of the kids in the next street up to school in one of those um, uh, beds with bicycle wheels on it, you know, and Dennis had quite a, quite a few years, you know, so yeah, polio was pretty, pretty much one of the big things in those days. And now thanks to the Rotary Club, it, it, it sort of made the world polio free just about, which is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, Bill Gates and his wife have done wonders with things like malaria. Um, and he's been marvellous with this pandemic, whatever you call it, um, putting money up and putting ideas up. And he wrote a very, I mean, here's me saying Bill Gates did something wonderful, but I mean, he did. He wrote this wonderful piece on Facebook, uh, which was so thoughtful, I couldn't believe it. So, um, but myself, uh, at, at this age, 82, I think to myself now and then, there's nothing kind of new with uh, being. Uh, isolated and having to be careful with what you have to do in the house because I, I grew up as you would know on a farm in far north Queensland and that meant that I grew up with hurricane lamps and wood fire and goodness knows what so you know there was no electricity there was no real vehicles to drive around in and you know so I used to be yeah and what about you guys, Pam and Maeve? Do you, well, think, Maeve any, do you think 
sort of growing up in a different time has made it easier for you to cope with the isolation? Because none of you sound like you're freaking out, where I'm seeing a lot of younger people um, probably not coping as well yeah. with the isolation. So do you think there's, you know, lessons learned from, from the past that you're drawing on? Sorry. Uh, I think it's made a big difference because um, as I was like uh, well, 43, 48 when I started school and in those five years I remember having ration tickets and you know, mum having to um, uh, dish out bread and jam for lunch because there was nothing else available and all that and I think it did help and, and then of course um, I saw a lot of people go through that that age group go through that um, eating whatever and getting you know, overweight and that because they couldn't have it when they were younger. But, you know, but it does stick in your mind. And now um, it's easy to go back into that mode. Of, you know, you, well, I've got to save this and I've got to save that. And I, I can't be over extravagant with that sort of food and blah, blah, blah. You know, so what about you, Maybe You were brought up in London, weren't you? Or no, I was born, um, no, I wasn't brought. My parents, my mother was in the ATS and my father was in the Scots Greys. And as a result, I was brought up by my grandparents in Newmarket in England. I knew nothing about the war, um, and I didn't go to live with my parents until I was 12. And then six months later, I was sent off to boarding school. So, and I, 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 I was impervious to war. I didn't see, I didn't hear any of the bombings. I wasn't aware of anything like that, because my grandparents lived on a big racing stud. And, um, we were way out in the country and uh, we heard planes going over from, from, I think, from my memory when I was that young that there were planes going over, but I wasn't aware of it at all. So I had a totally different um, outlook to anybody that was brought up in England or any of the major cities in England. And do you remember rationing? No. <laughs> oh, there was none. Not, not with my grandparents because out in the country, apart from all the racehorses, they had cows and sheep and things like that, eggs. Yeah, I, I, there might have been, but I wasn't aware of it. I never, I was never told that I couldn't have something. Yeah, it's interesting, it's, isn't it? It's childhood. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, I, I wish to add that I'm sincerely glad that I have a very active telephone and computer at this time, because that's where most of my communication is coming. Yeah. Um, I'm getting phone calls from so many people, including, for instance, my cousin in Scotland and um, um, other people, because all my family are far north Queensland still, so I'm getting lots of phone calls from sisters and brothers and daughters and sons and so forth. And my son in Malaysia and um, my daughter in north Queensland. Um, and of course, through the computer, I'm already and, and always in touch with her. So I appreciate if if they if something happens that we can't get internet or something. Oh gosh, It'll I wouldn't like it. Yeah, a bit different. Um, we just about run out of time, guys. Is there any other observations or things I, you I, want the listeners sorry. to talk about? I was just going to tell you. I was telling Pam before you came that um, at six o'clock every night, there's five of us, six with me. And um, we get on FaceTime and we raise a glass of Prosecco and have a chat. Oh, my God, that's lovely. <laughs> the others are going to log on to Zoom and we're going to do it by Zoom. It's amazing. Yeah, good. And Fiona, 
What yeah. about your family in Western Australia? You in touch? Yeah, we're in touch, and, and we're doing the same thing. We're having a family FaceTime, um, and because I've got a daughter up in Cairns as well, so yeah. yeah, we're doing a we're doing a little weekly FaceTime thing, and and um, trying to stay connected. So you're right, the internet is a lifesaver at this time. It is, thank, yeah. Thank God we have it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'd say I, I love Facebook, but I'm starting to love it. I, did, I, did, I didn't go on it before, but now I've got all my music friends on there, all my other friends. You know, yeah, it's great. And really sharing, good. sharing your jazz records. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pam, I check Facebook every day, so um, I'll look for you. I'll befriend you, darling. I'll befriend you. <laughs> I will too. Good. Good, good, good. Okay, on that note, I might wrap it up. Thanks so much. It's so lovely to see your faces via Zoom um, and to be able to hear how you're going. It sounds like you're coping really well. So, yeah, we might touch base again in a couple of weeks, eh? Okay. The message to everyone is stay home, keep safe. Yes, you keep too. Well, keep well. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. So that was some of our members talking about their experience of the isolation period at the moment. And I should mention that because they are housed, they are actually in a really good position to be able to cope with this. And we realise that that's not the situation for a lot of our listeners and for older people in the community. So if you are having problems with housing, um, what are the numbers, Shane? So people can give us a call on 9654 7389 or 1300 765 178. And just quickly again, emphasize that if you want to give us your feedback about policy, about law, about what protections older renters need, about what issues you're seeing, that's really crucial information for us at the moment. I'm sad that we got out, run out of time. We didn't get to bag real estate agents. We'll save that for next time. We'll do that next time. So you can hear us again in two weeks time, but until then, um, we're signing off. So see you later. Cheers, bye. 3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch.